Hey, good morning, y'all. It's Monday morning. I hope you're uh, well and have survived the weekend. Uh, I walked outside not just a few minutes ago, and it was um, not too cold. Saw no ice falling from the sky. Everything looks like it's going to be a great day. Uh, praying for our friends in Texas still as they recover. For our friends all over the South, uh, some folks still don't have don't have power still. Goodness, we're thankful for our, for our energy folks, our linemen, all the folks that work with energy and all of our power companies, all the hard work they put in last week to get uh, get power back so quickly. So we can't say enough about those hard men and women who um, work so hard. Um, we're, we're thankful for all that they do and all that they've done uh, to help us recover as quickly as possible. So let's, let's keep them in our prayers and let's keep um, all the folks that are still in need in our prayers this morning. It's good to be with you for another another uh, week, another day of studying God's Word together. So I'm um, looking forward to digging into Hebrews with you this morning. Today we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 2. Uh, we're going to read Hebrews 2 verses 14 through uh, 18. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18, where uh, it says this. Since therefore the children share flesh and blood, since therefore the children share flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared the same things, so that through death he may destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And free those who for all their lives were held in slavery by fear of death. For it is clear that he did not come to help angels, but the descendants of Abraham. Therefore he had to become like his brothers and sisters in every respect, so that he might be merciful and faithful to the high priest and service of God, to make a sacrifice of atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he was able to help those who are being tested. Um, it's a great passage here. Hebrews is a, is a very interesting and... Um, it's a very, it's a deep book. There's a lot going on in Hebrews. Hebrews is one of those books, in many ways a lot like Revelation, where understanding the Old Testament is really key to understanding this book. And there's a couple of things that um, that were said there that were just very interesting that, that I want to take just a minute or two to talk uh, a little bit about this morning. Uh, the first is, uh, well, first in Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews spends a lot of the first few chapters basically going through everything that people hold over importance and saying, well, Jesus is greater than this. So Jesus is greater than Moses. To Jewish believers, angels were of great significance. We're seeing here Jesus is greater than angels. He's going to go through each thing that's of great importance and show how Jesus is superior to that. So I think for us in our context, it's not only important for us to know that Jesus is greater than these things, but it's, greater to know that it's good for us to know that Jesus is greater than your favorite preacher. Jesus is greater than your favorite worship style. Jesus is greater than your favorite church. Jesus is greater than your favorite theologian. You know, Jesus is greater than these things. We need to be very careful in holding leaders, uh, institutions, even local, even local congregations. We be very careful not to place any of these things or any of these people ahead of Jesus. Because, I think I've said it to you before, if we place anyone as the source of our faith then we're just begging to be disappointed because every human's fallible um you know everyone's gonna mess up so um he the writer of hebrews is just showing over and over again how jesus is superior to all of these things so um that that's that's so much of the motivation of hebrews but what I think is is so interesting here are a couple of things that he says first in verse, I love um, verse 15. Now I want to get to verse 18. 15 he says, um, to free those who for all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. 
Um, of all the things that Christ did for us, one of the greatest things <clears throat> that he did, not just for us, but for all who believe, is that he destroyed the power of sin, death, and the grave. And uh, he had, we should not be afraid of death. Uh, I mean, nobody's itching for it. Nobody's looking forward to dying today. Um, but death is our greatest, is great, the greatest fear that most of us have, I would assume. Um, and today we're told that Jesus has set us free from that fear. That we don't have to be afraid of the grave. We don't have to be afraid of dying. We don't have to be afraid of what is to come. For if you go back, if you go back and look at Scripture, starting in the Old Testament, starting actually with the very beginning in, in, in Genesis, you see that what was tied, what happened initially is the fall happened. They fell. What happened? What is the direct result of the fall? Death. So, so much of scripture from there moving forward is about dealing with death. So notice how in the Old Testament, in the Levitical law, laws of people, that death equals impurity. So you don't touch things that are dead. You eat, you, you drain the blood from your food in a certain way, making it kosher. You do all these things because you want to avoid death. Death is the consequence of sin. We move forward into the New Testament. Uh, what, did, what, did, what did Paul say in Romans? The wages of sin is death. We see that the consequence of sin is death. So what do we see here today? That he has freed us from the fear of death. He has freed us from the fear of sin. He has freed us from the fear of, of all of this. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Whatever it is we're afraid of, shame. Death. I used to joke, being trapped in a tall building, being chased by snakes with lasers, or snakes with needles. I guess lasers will be equally bad, but um, we're not to be afraid of this anymore. For Christ has defeated, in the cross and the empty grave, has defeated the devil. And we're no longer bound by our fears. We don't have to live afraid anymore. And I think that's, I just think that's the greatest thing that we struggle with today is so much of our life now is predicated upon fear. Or let me rephrase that. So much of what the world, so much of what the culture, frankly, so much of the, what the Christian culture tells us to do not to be afraid. Be afraid of everyone or everything or whatever. No. No, we can't live in fear, y'all. We just, we, just, we just can't live in fear. That is not the path that Christ has for us. Living in fear is not an option for a Christian. Um, so don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of whatever. He has freed us from the power of the fear of death. What more do we have to fear? Don't be afraid. Then this passage ends with um, verse 18, where he says, Because he himself was tested by what he suffered, he's able to help those who are being tested. Um, one of the great, one of the great comforts we have in our life, one of the great comforts we have in our faith is that when we're being tempted, tested or tried or tried or tried or going through trials, that we're not alone. We don't suffer alone. We aren't tested alone. We aren't tempted alone. When we go through these things, Christ is there with us. If we'll just look around and see, uh, if we'll open our eyes, if we'll open our ears, if we'll open our hearts, we will experience Jesus in our moments of trial, in our moments of, of temptation, in our moments of struggle. Um, one of the most important things, I think that's why it's important for us to pray regularly throughout the day. 
um, I would encourage you throughout your day today and each day just to take a few moments every so often and to pray. Just And I don't mean 45 minutes of deep prayer. I just mean taking, taking a minute or two and just breathing in deep, listening for God's voice, and opening yourself up to God's presence. And I think so often we're defeated by temptation. I think so often we're defeated by fear. We're defeated by all these things. It's because we aren't giving ourselves the space to experience God or know God or receive God's presence in our times of trial, in our times of times of testing. So if you feel yourself being tested today, if you feel yourself going through a time of trial, slow down, stop, breathe. Be aware that the one who is tested like Christ has is with us now when we face our trials, when we face our temptations, when we face our struggles. So the challenge is for us to slow down, though, and do this. The challenge for us is to breathe and do this. The challenge for us is to open ourselves up and do this. And that's why I think during the season of Lent, for those of you who are fasting in some way, our fasting opens, our, opens us up to more opportunities to to pray, more opportunities to listen, more opportunities to hear and see God's voice. So I would encourage you throughout this day to just, if you're not, if you're not fasting from something, um, give yourself dedicated moments throughout your day to pray. It doesn't have to be 45 minutes, just five, just two, just one, just start and open yourself up in those moments to God. And what you're going to find is you're going to experience him there. And then he's going to give you the strength that you need when you face these moments of trials and temptations and troubles in your day and the days to come. So praying for your day. Hope you have a great Monday. Um, hope it's a great week for you as we as we get back to to, to leave, being able to leave our house today. It was good to get out of the house yesterday and go to church. Uh, looking forward to a great week this week. So praying for you. Hope you have an awesome day. And I will see you tomorrow morning as we continue uh, reading God's word together. Have an awesome day.